Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. It's Ashley Binya as your host. Today I am here with Screaming at Traffic again. Hello. Kind of. Hello. How's it going, everyone? We're happy to be back on the show. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you're happy. It's a, it's a real treat, I'm told. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got... <laughs> probably lied. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> So I have Jacques and Paul. Jacques, uh, too French for his own good, Richet. That's as true. We've <laughs> <laughs> as we've discussed previously. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while. I think it's been about a year or two even. Yeah, I think it's been... I think the last time I was on the show was when we were talking about our first EP, like SAT, which mm-hmm. got released in June of 2017. So it was probably about two almost years two ago. years ago. That's Almost insane. to the day, that's, I would say. Yeah, that's amazing that it's been that long. Time flies. But, Paul, this is your first time Yeah, on the this show. will be my first time doing this podcast. Yeah. There, there mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. And radio show. And radio yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just... Uh, yeah. we're, at, we're, we're doing the radio show outside today because it's so beautiful. Yes, we are. Um, that's probably why you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> 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 a little confusing. Um, beautiful outside. Summertime finally is here right um i was a little concerned i really thought that we weren't gonna have a summer um with how cold it was yeah it was getting it was definitely getting like a little wild right um but uh hi hello (laughs) jump in sounds good sounds good (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. sounds good we got we yeah live studio audience live studio audience that's for real now we're legit yeah um so since the since the album or the EP release back in 2017, what have you guys been up to? Man, what have we not been up to? It's been a crazy like past couple years. We we we, uh, <laughs> we recorded the EP like you mentioned, uh, and like pretty much immediately went on tour. Yeah, I think we hit two. We did one like October, basically right after we recorded, and then in March the next year we were back on the road for another two and a half weeks. We then came back and started recording the full length. Yeah, uh, it, it was interesting. The first tour we went on in October, it was like a Western Canadian tour. And I think at that point we had actually, we uh, by the end of that tour, we had played more out-of-town shows than we had here in Winnipeg. Yeah, That's uh, amazing. Uh, do you guys just enjoy touring? Yeah, and we just kind of wanted to do it, like, right. We wanted to, you know, get music out there and just immediately get on the road and share it with, you know, as many people as we could and, yeah, <laughs> I passed the microphone to Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I had no comment. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, so, why did you decide now was a good time to start uh, or to release another album? Like, why? Why the two years wait? And 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 why now? 
it's a lot of work. You know, you got to record, master, do all, the whole thing that goes into putting into an album. Then, again, we wanted to make sure that we were doing everything properly. So we recorded our music videos and we wanted to make sure those were all done so that when it came time to actually start releasing everything, it wasn't scrambling to get this piece done while we were while we were releasing everything else in front, right? Mm-hmm. So it just took a lot of time to make sure all the pieces were in place so that when we did release, it went smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, like we actually recorded the album, or we started recording the album last year, uh, last June actually, I think May or June, April, April even. Wow. April, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went into the studio originally last spring, and um, well, like Paul said, we wanted to get everything done. So we got we hired some great people to do the music videos. We got an artist from LA, Space Goth, to do the album artwork. We planned to do it on vinyl, which you know can take a while to get it back from the pressing plant. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, From what I'm told, anyways, (laughs) it can take a while. So just, you really thought about um, the process and like the lead up and the the prep work. Can you, just for those who are listening, who are interested in releasing an album in the future, um, to have a a successful album release, what kind of goes into that prep work? Like how, how far in advance should you be booking shows or and how, how at one point is it smart to reach out for the album art like can you give a timeline everybody in the band kind of has parts first of all of the job and like one of the things that's been kind of going on since day one is Jacques and I usually get together for lunch or coffee or something once or twice a week and we talk about six months to a year in the future mm-hmm. so when you're planning like uh, an album release a year in the future is not a long time because all of a sudden you blink and it's there so i like there is no hard definitive answer to that kind of question but just start thinking and plan two three years in the future because you we didn't think we would be on a label at this point and here we are so then there's a wrench you have to refigure your plans and keep going yeah and there can definitely be a, a bit of a difference when you're releasing independently versus releasing on a label because originally when we first started recording we had kind of planned to release in like the winter maybe like just before Christmas or just after we were kind of up in the air depending on like how long it took to get everything done but I think while we were recording like halfway through the record um Graham from Little Rocket Records actually got a hold of the few recordings we had I think we had maybe three or four done no, they weren't even done yeah but he he heard it and he really liked it, so we, he got in touch with us, and we decided to sign on with him. But that obviously puts on a little bit more uh, like extra time, right? Uh, but like taking into consideration, like trying to shop for labels, uh, we got the artwork started pretty much as soon as we started recording. We knew what the album was kind of about and what kind of imagery we wanted to portray, and found well, Duncan found an artist that really kind of like summed it up, uh, Space Goth. Another shout out, uh, great LA based artist. Definitely check her out on Instagram. And we're super happy with how the album artwork turned out. Yeah, I I love it. Like I love the rainbow, like sadness. It's great. Yeah, yeah. it's like a mix of very colorful and very like melancholy, uh, mm-hmm. which I think sums up pretty much. <laughs> sums up life, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how many songs are going to be on this album? Eleven, I think. Yeah, we got eleven tracks. Okay, and and was the, uh, to have a full release? Was that kind of pushed by the label, or was that always like on the table? Uh, we were planning right from the get go to do a full album. I know that like 
these days in the industry you can kind of get like different people saying different things especially with like the age of spotify like a lot of people push for singles and eps but i think in punk and kind of more alternative music there's still like a huge place for full lengths it's also kind of a personal thing too like none of us between all the bands that we have played with in the 10 years that I know Duncan, Jock, and I have known each other, and five or six that I've known Stefan and them even longer, we never, none of us had ever put it a full length. And personally, we all just sat down and decided, okay, we did the EP. We've never done this. This is something we want to do and want to, like, you know, tell kids or grandkids that, like, 20, 30 years from now, being like, yep, yeah, no, we did that. Yeah, and I think, like, another thing with Screaming at Traffic is, like, right from the get-go, we kind of all decided as a group that, like, we were just going to do exactly what we wanted with this band. We made, like, pretty pretty hard rules that, like, nothing's off the table. If one of us wants to do something, it can get tabled, and, like, we decide as a group. Uh, but it, like, really, really is just, like, everything we wanted to do. And funnily enough, once we just started doing that, out of all the different projects we started doing, like really focusing on what like kind of music we wanted to play and what how we wanted to do our shows and promote ourselves, it was when we finally started seeing some marginal success. Right. Yeah. Funny how that works. The, the fun part about that too, about like doing what we want is, and like tabling everything, and that's the same with the music that we've been, well, in this case, recorded. For every one song that got onto the album, we probably axed two, like, and it was just because everybody would bring something in. Mm-hmm. It, we decided, like, like Jacques said right at the beginning, nothing's off the table. If you got something, bring it in. If you have an idea, pitch it. Not everything's going to go through, and luckily enough, we're all on the same boat that, you know, sometimes your idea is just not going to go through. Get over it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but with this, everything on the table, it just kind of makes it more of a fun environment. You, everybody feels like they're a part of it. And we just have more fun. Yeah, yeah, because it goes both ways, right? Because like, th- th- I think everybody in the band has had one idea that like didn't fully pan out, but I think everybody has had a contribution to the band which has gotten us to this point, right? Like, it's not just one of us doing the work or putting in the creative like side of it. Like, we all have like a really heavy hand in it, and we've always kind of wanted to do that, and that's the way we write the best. And plus, it also helps that like Paul mentioned earlier, we've known each other for like. 10 plus years and we've like lived together jammed together throughout that entire time and so so we know pretty well how to communicate with each other i mean there's there's certain like ways people communicate but because it's a group process like the way i always like to put it is like for example paul and duncan don't always we don't we don't know how to communicate with each other so i go through jacques to communicate to Duncan <laughs> to what needs to be, what I'm thinking or trying to say. And then he's like, oh, it's like this. And then, okay, we're all on the same page now. And if it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. And then we keep going. Or like if Jacques trying to talk to Stefan about like a drum part, he'll just like make noises and move his hands. And <laughs> I'll be like, okay. And then I'll just, because Stefan and I both come from sheet music backgrounds. I'll just explain it to him sort of, you know, using theory and stuff like that. He's like, oh, something like this. And then Jock will just be like, yop, with, yep. with a big head nod. Yeah, I think anybody who's ever been in a band and had, like, a constructive group creative process knows the, like, sound thing that Paul's describing. When you're like, you know, I really want that part to be like, and they're like, what does that even mean? But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a global language, really. <laughs> really, yeah. yeah. We're all guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so th- you mentioned how for every song that was on on the album, there's at least two that got kind of scrapped or yeah, maybe not picked. necessarily like full f- yeah. full fledged. It not necessarily full fledged songs, but like we we jammed a lot and started writing a lot of stuff and there's been a lot of stuff that kind of got tabled. Although I, I do think that like a lot of, a lot of our original lineups kind of like ended up like everything we wrote after the EP pretty much ended up on the record. But like for, like he said, for everything that we wrote, we have something that we started and we're like, you know, maybe table this for later or maybe like, you know, we like this, but it doesn't quite like fit the feel that we're like going for or something like not to put ourselves in a box or anything but you still want the album to flow right in a natural feeling way and what would you say the feel is of this album somewhere between sad and angry sad and angry. yeah that's uh that's kind of our go-to like uh way to describe ourselves it's uh oh man we we had a review of our single ybf on a website called keep track of the time and uh, I think the guy, the term the guy used was angsty confessionalism oh. to describe the track. And we were like laughing about how that's like the perfect, perfect title, like perfect summation of the album. I mean, like we have, we do cover some pretty dark stuff. Uh, I know like me and Duncan write the majority of the lyrics uh, and everything kind of like comes from a very personal place. And I think we kind of like lay ourselves bare a little bit with what we're talking about. And, like, some of the songs do have kind of a, like, bit of a sense of humor to them. But, like, some of them are, like, about, you know, like a friend of ours who passed away a couple years ago. Uh, I think this next month is going to be, like, the third anniversary of his passing. So we cover, like, both me and Duncan have written stuff about that. And, you know, just struggling with anxieties and different substance abuse and, you know, Mm -hmm. just stuff that, like, really... We didn't want to make any, like, fluff pieces, I guess. Right. And then there's, you know, songs about doing stupid shit on acid. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's a yeah. nice balance. Like I said, <laughs> some of it is definitely, like, kind of with a twisted sense of humor, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, this this sad, angry, or, what did you, what did you say? Something confessional? Uh, angsty confessionalism. Angsty confessionalism. Um, did you, would you say that you... How did you get there? Was it that's what we want to sound like? You didn't know that you had a name. There was a name for it, but that's how you want to sound. And that's how you started writing towards that, or that's how you were feeling, and the music kind of came from that. And now you stay in that area. Like, what came first? I, I'd say that it like the the feeling came out before we really decided what direction. Like we kind of when we started, we were all listening to like similar bands. We were listening to stuff like Waves and Pop, Modern Baseball, uh, a lot of that like second wave emo newer indie punk stuff uh so there is like a lot of it in that but i don't think we ever specifically said at any point that like this is how we're gonna sound it's just like to be angsty yeah yeah we never we never said that it was just how the song started coming out and then we rather than like trying to fight and go in a different way that wasn't necessarily as natural we were like well let's this is obviously like what's coming out and what's giving us like at least in our opinion, really good content. We were like, well, let, instead of fighting it and trying to like sound like something specific, let's just like embrace it and lead into it. You got two songs on our album, uh, Weekend Cartoons and Bitter, that like if you kind of axe the lyrics out of them, they sound like party pop punk, I guess, a little bit. 
And then all of a sudden you start kind of focusing more on the lyrics and listening to what Jacques or Duncan are trying to say, and you're like, man, these guys, are these guys okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually I've, I've heard that about our music from like other sources a lot of the time where like we have like a really like people have described us as like party punk kind of vibe because we have like really energetic shows and we're really like like kind of like lightning fast poppy indie punk mm-hmm. even the uh, colors in your like aesthetic are a little yeah and positive yeah exactly but i i kind of i love the like juxtaposition between like that and like kind of like the aesthetic that we have and like like i said i don't i don't think it was really ever like a conscious choice we are just like energetic performers and stuff but i think it's funny how it ended up coming about and from that we were like well now that we have the con like the music and the lyrics and how we are on stage and how fast we play and loud we play being like okay well let's let's pick some like imagery that really like reflects that right yeah so uh, i think with imagery let's talk about pantomime we opened the show um with pantomime um from the album which is actually called i don't like sports um we were talking in the office and i, I just thought that was kind of like a simple cute little title but it's actually full of meaning but we'll talk about that after um, yeah. the break uh so the pantomime music video yeah, that was a ton of fun. Here, I'll let I'll let Paul take this one for a little bit. Why? Um, <laughs> so we all are huge nerds. There's no other way of putting it. Okay. The arguments in the van between Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. No thank spoilers. God, Stefan's not here. Um, <laughs> you would have many opinions. There'd be there'd be words. Like it's just who we are, and like Duncan and I both regularly play D and D. Now nice. I'm not gonna get into the like the lyrics and what it means because that's that's more of a Duncan thing to talk about. Like like I know they mean quite a bit to him, but like, we just it was simple. It was as simple as like we we all really like D and D, and when we were talking to our friend Nick about creating the video, we were, he we were telling him a we wanted animated because. Dark Days by Pop, and Duncan and I are both huge fans of Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, and, which is an amazing anime for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. Um, yeah, and we just kind of went on and told her buddy we want a really funky, colorful music video. Right, yeah. No, I love it. This is why you don't let me talk. No, that was great. <laughs> you did a great job. Good uh, job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, we kind of take, like, we kind of take the approach to our music videos is like we just want them to be fun. Right. And with the D&D thing, I think it gave like a pretty good uh, idea of that. I'm going to interrupt. I do want to make one side note. Um, Jacques' character in the video is based off of one of his old D&D characters named Artemis. Duncan's is based off one of his old D&D characters named Pays. And my wi- the wizard character is also based off one of my old D&D characters. So it real- I can't stress enough how big of nerds we actually are. Oh, yeah, like it. each of our characters in the video reflect who we would have actually been playing around that table. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was great fun. Uh, Nick Drescher did the... He did both of our t-shirt uh, designs. And he did the album artwork design for our EP. And he's got like a pretty... You know, cartoony, bright aesthetic, which really fit with everything too. So when he, when we talked to him about doing the animated video, he was super on board. And like a, a testament to his talent is definitely the fact that like some of it is rotoscoped. And for people who don't know, that's taking live video and like tracing over it. Yeah. Uh, and then half of it is 
just freehand animation. Mm-hmm. And so in the battle scenes in the video, uh, if you haven't watched it, go because this will make a lot more sense. And I'll include a link to the to the video and the podcast post so you can check it out if you're listening on the podcast. Perfect. And um, yeah, all the, all the battle scenes are actually like taken from like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah, the movie uh, 300. So a fun little challenge. Go see if you can like figure out what scene each one of our characters is doing and if, if somebody posts it on our like facebook or instagram or something we'll, we'll figure out some way to thank free, you and, free album uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll figure something out yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk yeah, yeah more about nick for a second there even the second t-shirt design just because that's the kind of guy he is you did throw a like hidden image within the image and it's really fun so Find, try and find that one, too, if you pick up the black T-shirt. Where can you find the T-shirts? Uh, we have them for sale on our Bandcamp page. Uh, it's screamingattrafficmusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm sure Ashley will be kind enough to provide a link. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can order them online, or you can just pick them up at one of our shows. Yeah, if you could, if you could find the... Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Nick is, Nick is hilarious. He's, he's a great artist to work with. Couldn't recommend highly enough. And he's a good friend of ours, and we're super happy with what he did. Mm-hmm. Just want to quickly plug, he now actually has his own uh, business called Grass Monster Studios. So if you are looking for some contract work, he check him out. He does amazing work. Amazing. Oh, great. So many plugs in this episode. I love uh, it. Um, hey, it's all about creating a community, right? Yeah. yeah and like, we can't do it alone. These Everybody who's helped us between Space Goth, Jordan Voth, um, Nick Drescher, uh, Nick, every, Herzog, Nick Herzog, Nicola Baldwin. Yeah, like all these people helped us get these videos, these designs, and this record. So like, it's not, it's not four guys in the basement. It it takes like a huge team of people wanting to work and liking to help and liking your music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not just that, like like creative teams and like working with collaboratively for like videos and content and like. Another little hot tip for any bands out there just starting out, like definitely trust your like video directors, trust the designers you hire because at the end of the day, we're if you're the one creating the music, you would hate if somebody told you how to write your part. Uh, definitely let them work their magic, and I've always thought that that's like the best way mm-hmm. to get great, great work out of people. And if you're working with Nick Herzog on a music video, he will push you. <laughs> And he'll push you. Don't be like us. You can actually say no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, we uh, we were joking around with Nick, who did the video for YBF. And uh, we just kept trying to, like, one-up each other. Like, he would suggest something, mm-hmm. and then we would suggest something, and then he would suggest something. And it all kind of ended up with me getting, like, a legitimate stick-and-poke tattoo in the video, which is a real tattoo that I have right now. You won't be able to see it in the audience, but I'll show Ashley. Ah! Uh- it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's real. And I'm going to cherish it forever. It was given to me by Duncan, and you could see it in the video. <laughs> All right. We can talk more about that video when we come back. We do have to take a quick break for everyone who's listening. If you want to he- hear and see Screaming in Traffic live, their album release is on June 22nd at the Goodwill with Sitcom and Dinner Club. Doors open at 9, shows at 9.30. Cover is $10 in advance and 15 at the door. Where can people buy the tickets in advance? Uh, there's a couple places you can get them. You can get them online at ShowPass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go through like the Goodwill's website. Uh, we've got a couple links up on the event page. You can pick them up at Into the Music Osborne, or you can just reach out to anybody from Screaming at Traffic. Just right. message the band page, and we'll figure out a way to get it to you. 
Mm-hmm. And you have to act fast because by the time that you are hearing this podcast, it's probably close to sold out. So you're going to want to go buy those tickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so stay tuned. We're going to listen to YBF um, from the album I Don't Like Sports by Screaming at Traffic. Stay tuned for more music on the Winnipeg Music Project. Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Benyaz, your host. I'm still here with Jacques and Paul from Screaming at Traffic. You just finished listening to YBF uh, from I Don't Like Sports, the album that they're releasing on June 22nd at the Goodwill with Sitcom and Dinner Club. Make sure to check out them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. No, no worries um, at all. So... The making of this album, um, let's talk even before recording, um, when you're writing it. Uh, so we just watched, uh, or not watched, sorry, we listened to YBF. I just watched it um, yeah. earlier today. Uh, what what inspired this 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 song? The song YBF? Yeah. Uh, when I first wrote it, uh, it was kind of like in the middle of winter, and I like personally get a little bit of a, like the, the seasonal the the seasonal depression <laughs> um yeah like not in like any necessarily serious way but like like it just, it bums me out you know like getting up and going to like work like work and it's dark out getting home and it's dark out um and not just to mention that like it was kind of uh there was a point like a couple years ago where i was really kind of like isolating myself a little bit and I, I i started getting anxiety even about like leaving the house and it was just i couldn't explain it i still to this day can't but it would just like i would get up if i had the day off and if i didn't like leave the house first thing in the morning it would get like increasingly more anxiety inducing to like think about leaving the house to the point where like there would be entire days where i wouldn't like leave or do anything until like nine or ten at night right mm-hmm. just like sit in bed in my room and not do anything uh so that's kind of where that came from and then like thinking about that and one of like an old relationship I had where I wasn't really the greatest at like describing what was happening or like talking about how I was feeling uh so I kind of took that opportunity to make one of the verses kind of from the perspective of the person suffering from the depression uh and then from the perspective of the partner who's frustrated because they feel like they should be able to help but they can't uh, so that's really actually the entire inspiration behind YBF. Mm-hmm. What does YBF stand for? Okay, this is always answering. a fun one. So when we, yeah, absolutely, we uh, we we still got a live studio audience here. Um, so uh, we're just talking about our new album. We're a band called Screaming at Traffic, and we're releasing our debut. I don't like sports through Little Rocket Records on June seventh, and doing the release show. What's that? Yeah, it's a punk band. Uh, pretty good, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, head ba- hang, headbanging and thrashing and yeah. This is the interactive portion of the interview. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, yeah. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Ooh. did you start the band? When did we start the band? Uh, we're getting questions for the audience here. We started the band in May of 2017. Yeah. Uh, what made you become a, a punk rocker? 
what, what made you decide to become a punk rocker? Uh, I don't think there was any real decision. It was just the kind of music we were listening to and the kind of music we <laughs> felt like we really wanted to play. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, YBF. YBF. And you. what it stands for. So this is always a fun thing to say because it's really dumb. Uh, <laughs> when we first wrote the song, we didn't have a name for it, and we were trying to think of like a stand-in name. Mm-hmm. And Stefan, uh, rather than just, you know, answering stuff in the group message or the group text or anything, would just send, like, memes or videos. Right. And he looked up uh, a video for Yeah Boy, and what ended up coming up with is a video of a frog from, like, a nature documentary. Uh, and they kind of cut in vocals every time the frog would open its mouth. It would go, Yeah Boy. <laughs> So, as a joke, we started calling it Yeah Boy Frog. Right. Uh, and we never thought of a better title because I guess we're just not that imaginative nope. when it comes to song titles. And then we, uh, yeah, so we ended up in the studio and Jordan Both was like, so what's the song called? And we were like, well, we don't want to call it Yeah Boy Frog, so YBF will do. Mm-hmm. So the music video for this was my favorite thing today that I've seen. Um, the goofing around um the gag reel at the end was particularly <laughs> amazing. I was laughing out loud at the office and getting some some glucks, some yeah. glares. Uh, what what inspired this album? Like, how did you or this? Sorry, this video. Like, what? Why did you decide to do this? Nick Herzog really liked Guy Ritchie. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we we kind of sent him a couple like <laughs> like a couple like videos that we liked and stuff, and we were like. Thinking about it, and it's the first music video we released for the album, and we really wanted it to like kind of sum up our personalities and sh- kind of show us as goofy and stuff. So again, like I said, kind of before we listened to the song, uh, we just kind of kept one upping each other. Nick really came up with like the the concept for it, and then we just kind of added on some more ridiculousness. When we were doing like the sit down and talks with Nick. He like we we had sent him all these videos and such, and I can't even remember the the videos that we sent, but they were all kind of from the same director. And Nick came over with the final like, "This is I think what we should do." And he's like, "I sat down and watched like every Guy Ritchie movie, and I think this will be one of the greatest things." And we all we all in the band love Guy Ritchie. And we're like, "This is going to be hilarious." So like, we came up with a couple of concepts, and we had this list of twenty things that we wanted to do, each more ridiculous than the last, and time and budget just didn't allow for all of it thank god um (laughs) but uh so as we were kind of like like Jacques said as we were kind of going through the motions it would just be the next step up the next step up nick would be like i bet you if i ask them to do this they won't do it jokes on you we did it and yeah yeah we we have this joke uh where we'll do anything for the goof um, so what was your favorite scene to film, uh, in, in YBF's music video? Uh, the bowling alley. Oh my God. The bowling alley scene. It was so funny to watch because for some reason I didn't get the like brunt of like the pizza getting slapped in the face or the beer getting sprayed on me. So I just got to watch all my bandmates just abuse each other with like cheese and tomato sauce. And it was a really hard to keep a straight face because 
in the video, my character is supposed to be suffering from depression and being dragged out by his friends, which is why I've kind of got like a stone cold face on, right. which was super difficult to do. And I, for anybody who hasn't met me and just watched the video, I promise I'm actually fun in person. Well, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to have to agree with Jacques on the YBF thing. Um, I got to spray a lot of beer and Duncan and Stefan's face <laughs> during that day. <laughs> uh, and like our friend Brian let us go in because like, he was running the pool, uh, pool, sorry, pool, bowling alley. And he just let us go nuts, go nuts. And like, we obviously helped him clean up, paid for our stuff, all the other fun stuff that goes along with running, right. running a video. But like when Brian took the first take of yelling at Stefan and getting, telling him to get the F out of the bowling alley, it was like, it was cool. Cool. Yeah. Brian came up and did something. And then Nick came up and was like, Hey, but like pretend you're mad now. And then the second shot, which is the one you see, he almost throws Stefan out of the chair. And I almost lost laughing watching Stefan like, have to catch himself. And then him just throwing stuff as we're like running out of the bowling alley. It was a ton of fun and would definitely do again. So what are your plans for the future? Well, definitely release the album. Uh, we're no. <laughs> <laughs> After all that? Yeah. Uh, we've de- we've got a great show coming up on September 13th that the tickets are available for now. It's SOS Fest at the Park Theater. Uh, we're playing on the Friday night. It's a festival that Corey Thomas of the Park Theater is putting on with Ninja Cat Productions. Uh, they've got Single Mothers, uh, Cancer Bats, uh, Good Riddance, The Rippers, to- just tons and tons of bands. I couldn't even imagine trying to list them all off now. But we are playing the Friday night, opening up for uh, The Rippers, as well as Good Riddance, which is huge. A huge fat wreck band from uh, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be playing with, I think, Suburban Hypocrites, Dinner Club, and maybe one of us that night. I know they're all on the bill. I just don't know if that's the night we're all playing. Right. Uh, but you can definitely go pick those up and... Uh, you know, keep an eye on our Facebook page for upcoming announcements about possible out-of-town dates. Aww. Hint, hint. I don't know why you're giving me the mic. You covered it. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing if there was any last comment. Yeah, so where can people follow you on uh, the internet so they can find out about these possible out-of-town dates? We got it all. We got the Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, Twitter. We've got... Uh, I feel like I'm even missing a few... Uh, What's the other one? We're on Bandcamp, we're on Spotify, Apple Play, or Apple iMusic, Google Play. Yeah. Deezer, in case you are somebody who listens to Deezer. We've got it on all the streaming websites. Uh, the album actually is coming out for streaming on June 7th. Uh, the fun of doing the interviews outside. Um, Probably never again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plane earlier. Yeah. Love it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, all our tags for the Facebook, Instagram are at Screaming at Traffic Music, all one word. Uh, Twitter wouldn't let me have a handle that big, so it's just S A T Music M B, as in Manitoba. Uh, it's not necessarily that worth checking out because they're just <laughs> random thoughts that pop into my head that I throw on there. We just got followed by Ed the Sock on there. Just, just saying. It's true. We did just get followed by Ed the Sock, uh, MTV or Much Music Legend. Oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, well, we do have to start wrapping up. Um, so let's just finish uh, the interview with They Call Me Thrill House. That is Excellent. the final song that we're going to be listening to. Um, what inspired that song? Or what went into making that one? Uh, it was... Phone call. Yeah. 
single phone call from our friend Nicola being like, hey, do you guys want to do this? And we're, but we got to get it done in two nights. A fo- a f- the phone call? Oh, yeah, yeah, for the music video. Even before that. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, just for the song. It was kind of interesting. I just came up with that riff, uh, the intro riff that kind of like plays throughout most of the song. And me and Duncan were like, well, there's a lot of songs where you sing and where I sing and we kind of have like each like a little bit of a feature but more background stuff so we were like let's write a song where like you do one part and i do the other definitive part Mm -hmm. and so we wrote them completely separately and it ended up actually kind of making sense in the context of the larger story being told cool so then the two day you had two days to film the video yeah um so what'd you do i haven't seen the video yet so uh-huh. Yeah, our friend Nicola was working on a film production, and she was able to borrow the super fancy camera uh, from the film, and she gave us a call, and she was like, hey, I have this for a couple days. Do you guys want to do a music video? Uh, she was like, I kind of got an idea already, and it's just whether or not you guys want to do it. So over, I don't know, 24 hours and two days... We went. We like. We all have day jobs, so we would all go to our day job during the day, and then we'd get to, uh, to our house or Evanson, and start shooting at six. And like she would, she brought like a crew, and they'd be putting black up curtains, and like we had no idea what we were doing. She was like, "Hey, you're doing this now," and we're like, "All right, uh, let's go." Yeah. And we would film till six in the morning the next day, and then. Go get two hours of sleep and go to our day jobs. Right. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a tiring. I, it ended up actually being three days of filming because they not everything she wanted to do got fit into the first two. Mm-hmm. So it was three Mondays basically in a row where yeah, like Paul said, it was like six p.m. to like four or five six a.m. the next morning. Jeez. But it turned out great, and Nicholas super super talented director, crazy eye for detail. Uh, yeah, check out the video. It's great. Uh, like we, if it wasn't for the song and us like physically being in the video, we would have had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can you paint a picture of uh, kind of what's happening for those who are listening? Yeah, haven't seen it yet. Yeah, which is pretty accurate. It does start on a dark and starry night. Uh, it's basically all four members of the band trying to make it to band practice. Uh, each of them having kind of their own individual adventure going very poorly on the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of cuts between the four of us all, like me trying to get there after getting kicked out of a bar rather violently, uh, Paul waiting impatiently for us to get there, uh, Stefan having bicycle problems, and Duncan just trying to find a lighter for his cigarette, the poor guy. Aww. Well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to watching that. Can I include a link to that as well? On the Absolutely. Pod? Perfect. Great. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I yeah, we're thinking a month in the future. Yeah. I, I thought it was for something else, but I... Mm. Things are in motion. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned, right? So, uh, thank you guys so much for coming onto the show today. I really Thanks for having us. Yeah. I appreciate you coming down thank to the park. Thank you very much. And, and talking with me and sharing laughs and stories and share, uh, meeting new people. Yeah. Um, and I love this. This is great. So everyone who's listening, if you want are convinced now and you want to come and watch, well, clearly you're convinced. You have to come to the show now on June 22nd at the Goodwill. Sitcom and Dinner Club will be joining. Screaming at traffic. And the doors open at 9. Show's at 9.30. Tickets are 
$10 right now, but at the door, they'll be 15 Um So come on down. I'll probably be there. I'll Excellent. Be hiding in the corner. Um, we'll be happy to see you hiding in the corner. Yeah, you might not. I'm in the shadows. Oh, yeah. I guess so. if you're hiding really well, we yeah. won't. But. <laughs> That's rolling a natural 20, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, great. So thank you so much again. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Tune in next week for another music for the local uh, interview with the local local. Tune in next week for another interview with another loop. Tune in next week for another interview with a local musician here Thank at the Winnipeg you. Music Project on 101.5 FM. Clearly, I'm not <laughs> suitable for this job. No, you're doing great. <laughs> awesome. All right, and now you're listening to They Call Me Thrill House from I Don't Like Sports. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio, and a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.